wrapping up our conversation about 1Password and Electron, and who's responsible. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is sponsored by Upstart, fair and fast personal loans. Go to upstart.com slash macvoices and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part three in our three-part conversation about 1Password's move to the Electron platform. This time, we dig a little bit deeper into exactly why the decision was made, whether Apple has failed in some way to deliver the tools that are needed to keep 1Password on the Mac platform, whether venture capital money had anything to do with it, and other factors. Let's go right back and let the panel do the talking. Finish. And so I I feel like that's a little bit of a, the sky is falling kind of thing, Jim, for a lot of the reasons you just pointed out, accessibility, multiple windows and all that. I, I, I find it hard. I would find it hard to replace my, my Mac with, um, excuse me, all my apps on my Mac with Electron apps for a lot of those reasons that you just said. And so, you know, I, and, and your point about Apple's failure, you know, Jason uh, Snell referenced that in his article, which was really good um, that the Swift version of this is apparently running on iOS right now. So it just hasn't been moved over yet. I I, I think that, I I think that one, one problem with that is both, you know, I've seen people suggest they should have used Catalyst because um, they have a they have a UI kit version of, uh, you know, iOS version uh, of it. But the problem with both of those is they won't run on anything earlier than 10.15. And, and so Agile Bits is saying, you know, gee, you know, we do still have Mojave users and maybe even users that are earlier than that. Um, 
And, you know, that's one thing that Apple is not very good at of saying, you know, we're going to introduce new technologies, but we're going to, you know, they're always like, well, but you got to use the latest operating system. And if you don't upgrade to the latest operating system, well, you're dead to us. Um, well, that's great, Apple, but um, for, you know, third-party developers, we can't necessarily, you know, be so cavalier about that. And, you know, I, that's, you know, I couldn't adopt SwiftUI at this point because a lot of my customers would be like, oh, well, we're still using older systems. And uh, I'm sure AgileBits had the same thing. So that was part of their, part of their, you know, they, they stated thing was, well, we knew we had to support 1014, 1013. I'm not sure how far back they go. And, uh, you know, so even if we could get a SwiftUI version working, it won't work for those earlier versions. And so we either have to do an AppKit version or an Electron version. And since we've already got an Electron version on Windows and Linux, you know, well, that's good enough. And, I, you know, I think it probably is. You know, most most users aren't going to care. People don't sit on one password that long. They're used to people have gotten used to websites. But as far as my sky is falling thing, Chuck, you got to remember that in the, as a developer, your time frame is five to ten years. You know, it takes a long time to develop things, and and so you're always you know where you know you've got to look at where the puck is going. So no, the sky is not going to fall tomorrow. And, and, and the Mac isn't going to disappear. But people are making develop, you know, develop companies are making development decisions right now about what they're going to develop and what tools they're going to use for the next, you know, multiple years. And so if developers all decide, uh, you know, we're not going to use Apple's tools and Electron's good enough, then in five years, the sky might be falling. That's and I, point. Mark, yeah, Chuck, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with Jim on this. I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, just given uh, you know, the prominence of uh, one password in the Apple community, that uh, Apple should do some serious introspection about this because, you know, their their complaints, you know, you know their complaints are you know very uh, you know, understandable, and you know they've got a history of you know multiple years of. Uh, Mac OS versions that they want to support and they want to provide new features. They don't want to cut them off, you know, as early as Apple uh, it might indicate through their OS upgrade cycle. And you know, this is you know, this this is a real challenge, right? I mean, we've seen this over before. I mean, remember remember we saw you know maybe twenty years ago this with microsystems about Java and write once. Write once, debug everywhere. You know, this first great, no, no. They said, write once, run everywhere. And the reality was, write once, debug everywhere. So there's been successive attempts of these, attempts of, you know, ability to create, you know, software that will run seamlessly across all sorts of different environments. You know, starting with, you know, sort of, you know, HTML5, which was basically JavaScript plus CSS, which is, you know, you know sort of an eight or 10 year old technology. Um, you know, people have been able you know, to create you know, web-based apps that, you know, maybe not have the sophistication of native apps, but, you know, they come close enough, depending on how much uh, energy the developer you know, exerts. And, you know, they cut across all different platforms. And I think the reality is it's Android, Windows, um, Mac, and maybe a little bit of Linux out there. And, you know, it seems to me that uh, I agree with Jim. Apple has failed to provide them a useful set of tools that uh, 
that they could use. So, uh, you know, I mean, I know a variety of uh, Mac, Mac and, uh, you know, iPhone developers, and they just tell you all sorts of horror stories about some of the arbitrary and capriciousness. I mean, this is the way I characterize it, you know, hearing all their tales of woe is Apple unreleases stuff and all of a sudden their tool chains break, you know, what is it, you know, sort of at the core, they renamed all their constants and the old constant names don't work. And, you know, the new stuff, they have to go in and they have thousands of instances in their code, they have to go in and change, you know. So, you know, in that regard, it you know, it doesn't seem that Apple has been particularly in the best development partner. And to me, the crying shame of this is one password is, you know, has long been, you know, <laughs> You know, sort of a paragon in you know of a, a good citizen in the Apple community, but uh, because you know they accepted, you know, that they, they you know they have a tool that is widely applicable outside of the Mac, you know, and iOS operating systems, and they did accept you know outside venture capital can fuel them in, in their ability to grow fast, you know, and you know that's that's the motivation for the Escher, you know. <laughs> growing spherical, you know, thing in the background is as things change, as they grow, you know, things change. And, uh, you know, I can understand why people want to, you know, bitch and moan and have their feelings hurt. But, you know, I, I side with Guy in one password is just a tool, you know, that company has to take it, you know, where its owners, its founders, its investors will take it. And if that means, you know, sort of, you know, it's it's minimizing. You know, being a native Mac app. Yes, that's a shameful thing, and a lot of people will be upset about it. But that company needs to do what it needs to do. And you know, they're not. You know, famously, they're not dropping support for Mac. You know, they're just saying, okay, well, instead of this great native thing that you really loved before, we're going to give you a B minus version and hope you continue to use it. And I know I'm playing fast and loose here with the facts, but it seems to me the reality is, you know, they're growing in a completely different way. And, you know, their original founders, you know, if they do this right, they can make, you know, tens or hundreds or, uh, you know, or many hundreds of millions of dollars beyond their wildest dreams when they started creating, you know, the original one password app way back when. And that's our capitalist system, you know, Good on them. I hope, I hope they all can buy an island that you can see from the Hubble spaceship. You know, but for the rest of us, you know, we have a choice. You know, STFU, you know, recognize it's not as good as it was and continue to use it, or go to another tool. You know, and I think you know, we'll be ultimately right that's the end of the discussion. The same thing. Other than that, is as I say, it's all over except for the shouting. Uh, Mike. Yeah, um, I agree with uh, with Jim, and I don't think it's anything seditious, but I do think that Apple has kind of painted people in a corner as Mac developers by trying to apply the rules that they had in the iOS app store with the Mac app store. You've heard all the stories about apps like BB Edit. I mean, talk about another app that's been around forever on the Mac not being able to be in the Mac app store and then famously kind of coming back, but all of the, uh, all of the negotiations that had to happen in order for that 
to have, in order for that to, to exist, like it shouldn't be that difficult. <laughs> it should be easy to create things for your platform if it's really important to you. I don't think the Mac is as important to Apple as any of us here maybe would like it to be, but that's just the way, way things are. Um, I'm thankful for the developers that will put in the extra work to jump through the extra hoops. The most recent example that comes to mind is Audio Hijack with the, uh, was it Monterey, where they, that some security thing basically broke Audio Hijack and they had to rewrite a whole bunch of the app for a simple little function that no one really notices except the people who rely on Audio Hijack. You know, they put and in- Loopback and Fusion. Right. And Right, but it's not the, anything that relied on the um, the audio capture engine. Ace, Ace component. Yep. That, that was exactly. a big sir. You know, you can kind of see that because what happened was Apple made the kernel of the operating system more secure, and you know we're all for that, right? But uh, you know, to do those things that you know, they, they, basically the audio hijack. You know, their tools were always kind of going around the operating system to do what they needed to do because the, you know, it would be nice if the operating system provided the hooks that they needed, but Apple didn't do that. So they went around the operating system. So you're, you're, you're going to get burned when, when that happens. And I think it's fortunate that they were able to get it to work at all. Thank God. I, I agree. I just think that's going to keep happening more and more and more as Apple's pushing towards kind of this unified platform of Mac and iOS, which is what Electron is trying to do. So yeah, <laughs> it's the same approach, just from a different angle. You can't get upset, you know, when people are trying to, especially when you consider the the funding and and this is the the obvious best business decision because the PC, Android, all the other you know computers that they can get on that aren't Macs, that aren't iOS devices by doing this. I mean, it's a no brainer. David? Yeah, um, one thing I forgot to mention, and I, 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 I forgot about this, uh, back at uh, Microsoft Build back in June, they announced, uh, of course, Windows 11, but uh, they're also going to come up with Teams 2.0, and it's going to be integrated into the uh, into the OS, which is, I know we don't want to deal with it, but, <laughs> and they're moving away from Electron. So uh, they are going to be embracing uh, Edge WebView 2, which is going to give them uh, tighter integration with Chromium as well as per, they're pursuing a, low, a lower memory footprint. So, I mean, and I think that's the biggest complaint about what uh, Electron has is, is it, it's, it's memory issues and, 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 and of course you said Chrome. I mean, so even though Agile Bits decided to go with Electron and Electron's still gonna probably be around for a long time to come here, it looks like, you know, there's gonna be more changes and Microsoft is moving and I mean, Microsoft also talked about, hey, time to keep talking about them, but they, they're looking at putting windows into the cloud. I mean, so a lot of things are changing in, in, in all the platforms. And this is interesting to me in the fact that Electron, you know, even though one password is going to be in that, on that platform, you know, who knows what will happen in another year or two years or three years if they see, you know, something else and like, like this, that, that could, I mean, especially if they've, they're, they're, they're more or less not focusing on Mac anymore. They're going to cross all the platforms. This could be something, this could be something that, uh, that they may want to look at. I think that sounds like fun because I've said forever that Apple is at its most interesting when it's forced to compete, whether it's on a mobile platform, mm -hmm. whether it's on a desktop platform, I really 
really like seeing what Apple does in response to somebody else having a really awesome idea that is popular and useful and helpful and people love it. I I love that version of Apple so much more than I love the version that sits around in a conference room and goes, you know, it'd be awesome if we just took everything that everyone knows about web browsers and just threw it in a blender. Let's see what happens if we replace Safari with Folgers Crystals and let's find out. I mean, like the, the part where they have to compete because something is happening, something is useful, something is cool, and it's happening somewhere else. And now Apple has to try and keep up. That's a fun Apple to watch make a move. And so like, yeah, I would, I am very much looking forward to seeing what comes out of Microsoft like next year at Build um, because I want to see where, where they end up with the stuff they talked about this year and uh, what Apple ends up having to do in response. This edition of Mac Voices is sponsored by Upstart, fair and fast personal loans. Go to upstart.com slash Mac Voices and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments. One minute things seem to be getting back to normal, the next minute it seems like they're going back the other way. One of the best ways to deal with things is to take control of them whenever possible. If your financial life is one of those things that is in turmoil, you need to check out Upstart. Upstart is fair and fast personal loans that can help you consolidate credit card debt, other high-interest debt, and personal expenses. You start that process by visiting upstart.com slash macvoices and doing an online rate check to see what your smart rate is. And don't think it's going to be like all the others, because Upstart is different. They don't just look at your credit score, but at your current employment and income for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. All that in just five minutes. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash macvoices. That's upstart.com slash macvoices. Don't forget to use my URL so they know I sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, go to upstart.com slash macvoices right now. Thanks to Upstart for their support of Mac Voices. I think, you know, to try to, about time to wrap this up, but I, I think that Kelly makes a great point, I think. Dave makes a great point. I think Mark makes a great point. Nothing changes. It's not like the web or the any of our applications are going to end with Electron. There's going to be something else next. There's going to be, you know, changes all over the place. And even Jason's article makes reference to that, that right now, Swift isn't up to the task. Maybe Swift will be up to the task at some point. You know, we just don't Swift know. UI. Swift UI, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. So, you know, right now that it's a, it's a trap, I think, that so much of the tech press and we all also get caught in that we take a snapshot in time, which is right now. And oh, my God, the sky is falling. And, you know, it's, it's two weeks from now, another piece of the sky is falling. But this piece over here has been fixed or it never really did fall. And well, that's what I, I think we all have to wait until this one one password eight comes out and then we all make our own decisions as to whether it's something that you know we continue to support i'm i'm optimistic because i think they've done a great job of managing so many transitions and i think they will do it here because um kelly i think you were the one that pointed out you know or, or maybe sorry maybe it was Brittany that so many of the, the original people are still there just because they took the money and hired new people doesn't mean that the um 
the ethos of the company is necessarily any different. It's just that right. now they have more resources to do more with. Well, and they they pointed it out pretty dispassionately that it was a technical limitation. Like we, the stuff we want to do, we can't do in Swift UI. So it's not like we can move to modernize it in that particular direction. And like I said at the beginning, you know, there apparently it was offensive and demeaning, but people don't like change. People aren't going to like subscriptions and nobody's making anyone upgrade to version eight. No, this is an early look. They even said like, this is a, a preview of what it's going to look like. That's not the final. And just because version eight is out does not mean that tomorrow version seven is going to brick. Like that's not how software works. So that's the part that, that I think is getting lost in a lot of this. Um, because nobody listened to me an hour and a half ago when I said, go get a paper bag and breathe into it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I might have run uh, six on an M1 machine recently. It's happened. You might have run what? Sorry. One password six. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, in the case of, I feel obligated to point this out. In the case of one password, I would be, I'd be that much concerned because we are talking about my passwords. And so I want this software of all, over and above just about any of my other software. I want this software as secure as possible. So Absolutely. that's one that's one reason I upgraded right away. That's one reason I went to the subscription model. You know, there's some other places where I've skirted around the edges or found alternatives. But when in, in this case, man, I want to be paying somebody to be, you know, watching all my eggs are in one basket. I want somebody with two shotguns and an Uzi watching that basket. Chuck, if, if I understand correctly, if you're doing the subscription and all your passwords are in the cloud, they're on their server. Is that right? Correct. That, that's my understanding, yes. So that could mean that, you know, they could have the option at some point to say, yeah, uh, version 7 isn't going to talk to our server anymore. We're, we're shutting that right. down. Sure. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, okay. you know, so we it could end. clarify it's, what the server part means. Yeah, but on 6, I use iCloud. So. Right, 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 right. But, I, you know, but Chuck is using their cloud. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Jeff? Okay, so I'm using 1Password 7. I have a subscription, which means that I'm using the 1Password servers. That doesn't mean that my passwords are exclusively on uh, the 1Password servers. What that means is that all of my passwords are stored locally and they are synchronized to, to the 1Password cloud host so that then they can be distributed back out to all of my other devices. And and I'm pointing that out, even though I know it's a, it's a, a little bit pedantic, but it's important because there are people out there that will interpret what we're saying and what other people are saying as the only way that I'll be able to use one password in the future is if I connect to a cloud server, and that's the only place that my passwords are. And I do not believe that's going to happen with one password eight, or nine, or ten or whatever version is coming down the road, because your passwords that you need to access are going to be in, uh, more than just in web browsers. I think we'll give Jeff the last word because we got to yeah. get out of here. 
Guys, thank you. This has been um, enlightening. I know early on we got a little bit technical, but um, for those who have that bent, I think it's important to understand. And hopefully we became a little more practical as we went along. And I definitely want to thank the chat room for throwing in their comments. Um, I, I think it's interesting. I happen to agree a lot with what, what Webb says, but, you know, and, and what some of the other folks here say, uh, I'm just going to wait and see. You know, I'm, it's it's working for me now, and if it works for me, then I'll keep going. And if not, you know, then I'll look for an alternative. But right now, I'm not. I know there are some alternatives out there, and maybe that's another show that we can do the pros and cons of some of those alternatives. Um, so let's go around the room, let folks know where they can find you. Um, and as usual, you guys have turned your cameras on and off, so you've been all over the place for me. Um, but we'll start we off. We start uh, tea party song. What but I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Disneyland. You don't Talk. spend enough time in Disneyland. No, well, I'm in Pennsylvania. What do you think? <laughs> they have <laughs> it at Disney it. World too. Yeah. yeah so, that's yeah. that's still ah, never mind. <laughs> <They're bigger. laughs> Mike Schmitz, where can folks find you? And thank you for being here and putting up with all this. <laughs> Absolutely. It was fun. Uh, I have new places you can find me. I now own MikeSchmitz.com. So you can go there. Hey. <laughs> cool. And underscore Mike Schmitz on Twitter. Great. So I keep having to change your lower thirds because you keep uh, upgrading things. <laughs> no, that's good. That, that makes it easy for, easy for people to find you. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here, Mike. Jeff Gamut, again, good to have you back. Thanks for your wisdom. Where can folks find out find you? Okay, well, first, thanks for having me back on, and uh, I genuinely missed all of you when I wasn't here. Even me, uh, even you, and oh. uh, and your office manager that you're <laughs> holding right now. Yes, yes, he missed uh, you most of all, Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, that's right um you can find me on twitter and instagram i'm jay gamut both places you can find me on my youtube channel youtube.com slash jay gamut and uh, uh and on lots of podcasts uh most notably earlier today i was on uh kelly's awesome podcast over at the mac observer daily observations awesome Great. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, Jim Ray, our resident developer, thank you for all your research and your uh, developer's perspective under the hood. You can't find me anywhere. I'm going into hiding now. <laughs> <laughs> all he does with the database is keep track of the butter that he's churned. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. <laughs> Well, when when you come out of hiding, Jim, which might be in a year or two, where should people try to contact you? Uh, I guess ProView.com. That's a good place. And ProView Jim on Twitter. Excellent. Thank you, Jim. And, and BarnRaising.com. Maybe here if Chuck lets me back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But next time, maybe you can find Mike in his undisclosed location and you can share the mic or something. We actually are in the same location right now oh okay <laughs> mike but doesn't know Mike's like, told you, mike has, has no idea yeah. yeah it's coming from within the house mike it puts the lotion on the skin <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Kelly, uh, Jeff just did a plug for your show. Where else can we find you? <laughs> well, um, I will point out that uh, on Fridays, the Daily Observations podcast tends to be Security Friday, and we talk about security issues and things. So if the security piece of the one password conversation was interesting to you, you can join us on Fridays where we tell you about more of it. Uh, you can also find me on my own podcast. I want my MCU TV, which is over on the Incomparable Network. I also hosted the most recent episode of Football is Life, which is the Ted Lasso podcast over there. I pop up on other stuff sometimes, too. You can find me on the after show with Mike and Kelly, where we recently interviewed Rich Siegel of BB Edit fame, but we talked to him about mixers and parrots instead of text editors. So that was super fun. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as Versa. Mixers and parrots, Kelly. Mixers like, and like, oh my! Like the, the one Rich is, Rich is like, really into mixers, KitchenAids, and stuff. Yeah, oh, Rich oh. is super into KitchenAid mixers. Food mixers. And, yes, KitchenAids specifically, like KitchenAid mixers. And also, uh, he has two parrots, and he he entertained us with tales of his parrots. Okay, well, as long as or the parrots parrot don't end tales. up in the mixers, then we're no, done. they're completely separate. Hobbies. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were going to have the animal cruelty people after us there for a second, Kelly. No, we just <laughs> talked to him about parrots and mixers, two things he likes. Okay. <laughs> David Ginsburg, thank you for your enterprise insight. Uh, it's it's always appreciated because it's a, a look into a world that not all of us appreciate. Where can we find you? You can find me at InTouchWithIOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. And Kelly will be on the show this week, so that'll be fun. And uh, you also can find me on my YouTube page, uh, YouTube.com slash DaveG65, on Twitter, DaveG65, and uh, The Mac Show, and here. And uh, yeah, you can find me places. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thank you, David. Um, The Gray Cat. Uh, Yeah. This is is Kismet. Kismet. Uh, Kismet, where can we find the guy holding you? <laughs> Usually uh, vertshark.com, mymac.com podcast. Oh, God, what's the other ones? Guy's Daily Drive, where I drive a car and say silly things, uh, as well as Mac to the Future eventually. And, okay, Mac Parrot and Vert Shark over on the Twitters. And uh, guy at mymac.com. I think that's, that'll about do it. Great. Kismet does a great job of using you as the ventriloquist dummy. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Years yeah. of practice. Yeah. We know that Kismet is the brains behind the operation. How hard is that to figure out? <laughs> but you, can't see, you can't see the string back here. But there yeah. it is. Well, there it is. Ah, Good. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Mark Puccio, the man with the uh the 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 spinning background, or is I don't know if that's an electron or what it is, but whatever. <laughs> you're muted. Oh, you're muted. Oh, okay. I need to unmute myself. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's an interesting print. You know, I'm probably the easiest one to find at Twitter at Mark Fuccio, M-A-R-K-F-U-C-C-I-O, all lowercase, one word, back to you. Great. Thanks for being here, Mark. Really appreciate your perspectives. Last but absolutely not least, Brittany Smith, thank you. Uh, you are probably arguably, no, probably not arguably, the newest Mac user in the panel. And I've, I really appreciate you bringing that perspective to this discussion. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be your noob who used to be on Windows. Um, it was actually quite a while ago. But <laughs> well, I, I, I got not compared to some of us. <laughs> Where can we find you? 
Um, on Twitter, I'm ADD Liberator and also ADD Liberator on YouTube. And since it's been a little while, um, if you or someone you love has been struggling with pandemic ADHD, we do have a group support that also has a Discord server. Um, it's ADHD, uh, ADHDguild.com. It's the first time I've had to say it out loud. So, okay, yeah. Great. Great. Well, thanks again. Chat room, thank you again for your contributions. We really appreciate it as always. Um, and we would love to have everyone else join us in the chat room to contribute there as well. Tuesday nights uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are, join us over on YouTube at Mac Voices TV there. And um, until next time, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.